We're going to continue today in our survey of the book of Ephesians, picking up today in chapter 3. You remember in the first two chapters, it was primarily dealing with the doctrine of salvation, especially in chapter 1, where it's established that uh, from the before the world even began, before the foundations of the world, that God's plan of salvation was already in, in place. And that's going to come through a personal relationship with Christ. And then in chapter 2, he continues on with this thought on salvation, but he gets more into sanctification, and he talks about grace, and he talks about works, and things like that. And he also, in chapter 2, he introduces us to this the mystery of the new man, and he's talking about the church, the advancement of the church, and how it's going to be comprised of both Jewish believers and Gentile believers, and both get saved the same way. Everyone gets saved the same way, and that's going to be through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, in chapter 3, Paul is going to talk about his part in this, his part in the advancement of the gospel, his part in the advancement of the, the church, the establishment of the church and everything. And what has been revealed to him, he's going to pass that along to us. Let's begin reading in verse 1 and 2. It says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given to me to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Something special has been revealed to him. Now the idea is, is what has been revealed to him, he's going to now pass that on to us. In verse 2, he says, the grace of God which is given me to you word. I'm reading King James and it says to you word. And I know other translations use another word there. And that's fine. I mean, I can't remember what they are. I should have looked them up or something. But the idea is, is that everything that has been given to the Apostle Paul, he's just passing that along to us. Whatever grace was given to him, he passes it along. Whatever understanding he's gained, he's gleaned, he's, he's passing that. This revelation that has come to him is not just kept to himself, but is to us word. And that's the way things are for us. No matter what God has trusted you with, Whatever he's graced you with, whatever provision he has made for you, when God blesses you, it's not for you to keep it and hoard it to yourself, but whatever he has blessed you with, you pass that on to others. It comes in you and through you, out of you to bless others. You take what God gives you. It You use it to meet the needs in your life, but there's always more. There's always extra, more than enough for you to be able to bless other people with. And that's what he's doing here. And he's talking about the revelation that was made known unto him. Now, in in the doctrine of revelation, there is a general revelation. It's just things that are revealed to us. I mean, lost people, saved people, it don't make a difference. There are just certain truths that are just made known to us that anybody can receive and everybody can understand. But then there's special revelation that comes specifically from God to, uh, to us, you know, to a believer, to someone that is something special that is being revealed to him. And that's what Paul's talking about. This mystery, this mystery is being revealed to him. And the, and the mystery he's talking about is, this, is the church. This whole idea how the Gentiles are going to be able to come into the church. 
you know and that's the mystery that's been revealed been revealed to him before paul nobody no one had ever seen this before no one had even had concept of this before and so this mystery has been shown to him and so what he's doing it's been revealed to him through the Holy Spirit, and he's passing that along to us. And now the Holy Spirit, which dwells in us, I mean, it takes spiritual things. It takes the Spirit of God to understand spiritual things. God's revealing something to Paul here. Paul is revealing that to us. It's special revelation coming to Paul, and now it's coming to us. And we see this, and now the Spirit of God that dwells in us helps us to understand what it is Paul's trying to trying to express to us here it's it's marvelous how this thing works but this is special revelation that paul is receiving and it has to do with this mystery he says in verse three as i as i wrote afore a few words whereby when you read you may understand my knowledge of the mystery of christ and the mystery is that that new man the mystery is he's talking about the church here verse five which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. And that's what's being revealed to him here. The way the Gentiles are going to come into salvation is going to be through the gospel. There, there used to be... Uh, no way anybody would ever be able to figure out how God was going to bring the Gentiles into the church. And uh, in the Old Testament, there was no revelation of this. There was no concept of the church in the, revel in, uh, in, uh, in the Old Testament. Rather, there, there was no concept of the church in the Old Testament. You know, there was no concept of how the, how the church was going to be formatted. Uh, formulated with jew both jew and gentile this was first came to us through this revelation that was given to paul he was the very first one to to hear this he was the very first one to see this that god revealed this he's the first one the the those that had gone on before him never smelled it coming they didn't know how this was going to work out but it's been revealed to paul and it's going to come to uh, he's going to reveal it to us but everybody's going to come to christ through the gospel even the gentiles are going to come to christ through the gospel anyone any person anybody can be saved through the power of the gospel now verse 7 wherefore i was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of god given unto me by the effectual working of his power unto me who am less than the least of all the saints in that in this grace given that i should preach among the gentiles the unsearchable riches of christ this is his calling that he's talking about and he's always mindful of his shortcomings he's always mindful of his failures he's always mindful of how undeserving he is of this he was this man used to be a persecutor of the church he used to kill christians they they were murdered uh he was responsible for the the murder of many christians and he realizes that the grace that has been given to him um uh, it's just a, it's just a gift of grace that God has given him. I dare say this is true for all of us. Um, you know, he we're all saved by grace through faith. Amen. We established that, but um, it's only by grace any of us can even call ourselves a Christian. 
And every Christian is gifted and every Christian is called into ministry and there's a, there's a ministry function and life's purpose we are called into. That's only by the grace of God. We all can relate to that. But then there are some that God separates maybe for the specific purpose of being a pastor or missionary or, or something like that, you know. And it's only by the grace of God any of us can call ourselves a pastor. It's only by the grace of God any of us can call ourselves a Christian. You know, much le- you know, uh, it's only by the grace of God we are able to call ourselves a Christian, much less be used by God in, in some kind of capacity like this. And Paul's very much aware of that. And this is humility. This is genuine humility. This isn't some kind of fake humility. But this is genuine humility. And we need to be thinking about stuff like that as well. Uh, The greatest quality any preacher, any leader has is is humility. And, uh, And we need to be about that. So much of the time today you hear a bunch of, you know, braggadocious kind of stuff. There's pride involved and, you know, we're exercising a bunch of out of our own wisdom and knowledge and things like this. And sometimes some of the stuff we say and do is just flat out, um, you know, just disrespectful and everything else. We elevate ourselves above others and, and all of that kind of thing. But we need to keep this kind of, it's only by grace God's using you to begin with. Where did I leave off here? Uh, verse nine. And it says, verse 9, it says, And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. You know, he's talking about this mystery that was given to him. And how he was the only one that received it, and, and uh, it was passed on. Uh, you know, here's the thing to think about: it, all the other apostles, there were there were like twelve apostles. All of them were called to minister this gospel to the Hebrew believers, the Jewish believers. Only one of them, the apostle Paul, was called to be a Gentile. Uh, was called to be an apostle to the Gentiles, and through his obedience. This salvation has come to the Gentiles, you know, and that's a that's an amazing thing to think about. I sit here today and I'm saved because of the obedience of one man in carrying the gospel to the Gentiles. And now it comes all the way down to me. And it's a fascinating thing. This whole concept of the church, which is being revealed to him. He, he looks at that and it's a, it's an amazing thing that's been revealed to him all by the grace of God. And now he looks at that and him being the very first one that this was revealed to. And see, I had not thought about this before. I don't know why, but I had not thought about it. Him being the first one to see this, how the how the uh, uh, Gentiles were going to be brought into the church and the church was going to be advanced like that. But, you know, the crazy thing about it is, he says here that the angels didn't even know. This is something that wasn't even revealed to angels. And he talks about that in verse 10. He says, To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be, made, might be known the church or the manifold wisdom of God. What he's saying there is that these angels look at us and they 
they marvel at this. Angels look at us and they scratch their heads and think, man, we never smelled this coming kind of thing. And they look at it and they study it and they analyze it and they just marvel over it. They, they, they look at how God uh, deals with his people. They look at how God deals with his church. And it's, uh, it's just an amazing thing that the angels, the the power what's it say the principalities and powers that's basically like uh the archangels and the power angels the angel the authority angels rather and there's whole theologies even built around these different levels of angels and ruling angels and stuff like that but the point of this is it has to do with just the fact that these angels don't even understand what what has happened they take it they're fascinated by it they look at it and they study us the angels themselves look at the church and they're analyzing us and they're studying us and they're learning of, from us, learning things from, of God from us. And that's amazing. I think that uh, if the angels are looking at us and studying us, well, we need to kind of look at ourselves and study ourselves and think a little bit about what all this kind of thing means and and uh, reevaluate things again we're getting to the time we're getting to a, a time right now where church is more and more dysfunctional all the time maybe we need to revisit the whole purpose of the church what god is doing how he brought it together the miracle of all of that you know we need to study ourselves uh, a little bit i think it would be to our to our benefit if we would if we would do something like that but anyway then he says here in verse 11, according to the eternal purpose, which he hath purposed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And that's what they're learning from us. You know, now verse 12, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith in him. You know, that's another thing they're learning by looking at us. But we have access and confidence, boldness in him. And this is something that uh, we need to be careful of. It's not a it's not an arrogant kind of a thing. Once again, we're looking at the humility Paul is demonstrating uh, to us. And uh, and so this boldness and access and confidence that we have by faith in him is not an arrogant kind of uh, abrasive kind of uh, abusive kind of a thing but it's uh, very much out of humility he says wherefore i desire that ye faint not at the tribulations for you which is your glory paul sitting there saying look at all the trials and things i'm going through and the trials that i'm going through don't, you know be strengthened by that what i'm going through is your glory he's suffering and the hardships in which he's going through he says that's our glory that's amazing the whole idea of that and we're going to revisit that again here in the last verse when we get to the last verse he's going to say something about glory again and we'll revisit that but then he says in verse 14 for this cause i bow my knees unto the father of our lord jesus christ a lot of causes right here this responsibility that he's been given this revelation that comes to him and now he's going through the these tribulations and things that have come to him as a result of the gospel and everything that he has. It's a heavy responsibility. And he said, for this cause, I bow down my knees to, to the, unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. But when he does that, he starts praying for us. You know, he starts praying for the church. In verse 15, of whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named. Uh, that's all of those who are in Christ. In chapter 1, he establishes that 
all of those who are in Christ are saved. And I think he's talking about all of those who are in Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. And this is what he prays for us. He sees that and he hits his knees. He's praying to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he's praying for us. I mean, he's giving us this example of self-denial and sacrifice. It's being, it's being exemplified even in his, his own life to us word. I mean, that's what he's showing us. And now he's saying that he's praying that we be strengthened with might by the Spirit in, in our inner man, in the inner man. And listen, the inner man is the weakest part of us. It's, it's, the, it's the part of us that needs strengthened. We naturally operate out of the outer man. It's the outer man that we 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 uh, we we live in. We it's we all the time depending upon our own strength and our own power and our own wisdom and our own ability and our own knowledge and and things like that. We do so much out of the flesh. We oftentimes even attribute it to the spirit, only to find out later this God had nothing to do with it to begin with. Uh, we're starved so much of the time when it comes to the things of the supernatural. You know, this mystery of Christ in which he's talking about how it all comes together, fitly framed, formed together, working. And if there's a there's a, a understanding, a deeper and deeper understanding in the things of God, you know. But we're, we're stuck in this outer man. And what he's sitting there praying, he said, you're going to have to grow and expand in the inner man. If we're ever going to get to that place where we deny ourselves like Paul is, is demonstrating for us here, a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ, if we ever get to that place where we actually deny ourselves and live sacrificially, and we're never going to get to the place where we live sacrificially apart from denying ourselves, but if we're ever going to get there where it's not about us anymore, it's not about our ambition and our plans and all of our selfish desires and covetous wants and things like that, rather it's about Christ and his life and him being able to live that life through us, our life has to come to an end but we're never going to get to that place you know unless we are strengthened within our inner man we'll never be able to deny ourselves without this new strength coming up from the inner man we're never going to be able to um, live a sacrificial life you know as long as we're trying to live for ourselves and indulge ourselves and things like this and so Paul knows this and he's looking at us and he said I am praying I am on my knees and I'm praying to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ that he strengthen you with his spirit in the inner man and that's what we need that the verse 17 that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth the length the depth and height and to know the love of Christ, which passeth all knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. This is his prayer. And, it, and it's going to come from that being strengthening, that strengthening from the, by the Spirit in the inner man. And it's, and, it's at, and it's at conflict with the outer man and the desires of, of, the, of the outer man. But let this be our desires. And the way he talks about that in verse 17, that Christ may dwell in you. And listen, this is more than just having 
the Holy Spirit in you. This is more than just being saved. This is more than just Christ being in you. You know, when you accept Jesus Christ, when you've been convicted of your sins, repent and ask him to forgive you and invite him into your life. Well, you're, you're saved. You have the spirit of God. You have Christ. But that doesn't mean that he he reigns in you. He dwells in you. The word here for dwell has to mean has the meaning that he is the ruler of the house he is he is set up shop here he is he is the one who sets up his throne and he has the rule of the house and so as believers that inner man has to deny himself and let christ set up his rule in his house in your house you know where your house becomes his house is what it's talking about that your hearts be uh, by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love and that's that sacrificial love business sacrificial part may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth the length and the depth and height and to know the love of christ which passes knowledge this is that you know earlier in chapter two he talked about that um, that idea of the temple being being that building fitly joined together that habitation there's a verse let me read it here yeah chapter 1 verse 22 it says in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of god through the spirit you know right now the spirit we, we it, God no longer dwells with temples made with hands, but he, he dwells within us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and he is, he is forming us and building us, you see. And this is comparison to that. And he's also, in the, in the concept of the church, as we are, we are fitly formed together with other believers, and that house is being, is being built as well needing one another building with one another but here you know he's talking about that you will know with all saints you know comprehend with all saints what is the breadth length and depth and height uh, that that's that that sacrificial life of the saints that knowledge of the lord him living through you that love is going to grow further it's going to go higher it's going to be deeper you know the breadth of it the depth of it the longer you go with Christ, it just expands and expands and expands. It grows more and more and more. And so as you grow in that inner man, you know, and you can deny yourself that outer man business and you grow in the inner man, you are going to start experiencing the more and more of his love, of his grace, of his of his presence in your life. Uh, you're going to have more and more and uh, just spiritual knowledge of him and things it's going to grow and that's what he's talking about here and it's going to go that, that the love of christ which passeth knowledge this is going to be go beyond anything that the world the knowledge of the world that ye might be filled with all the fullness of god in colossians 2 9 it talks about christ being that all the fullness of god is found in christ all the fullness of god and so what his desire is for us is that that fullness of god can even be found in us that we can experience the fullness of god in him amen now it says now verse 20 now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us now, see, here's the thing. You remember the Apostle Paul said that these things that came to him through grace that came to him, now he gives to us word. It goes from him and through him 
to us word, the same thing is true for us. He has been graced. He's given us his this revelation that has come to him, and now it's to us word. And now he says this about us. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh where? In us, you know. So now the process continues. It comes from us, I mean to us rather. It comes to us and then through us out to others. Unto him be glory in the church of Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end, Amen. <clears throat> Great word right there. And then here in this verse 21, this last verse, we visit that word again, unto him be glory. I think it's in John chapter 17, that old, uh, the high priestly prayer of John chapter 17. Christ says something like, he says, I have, father, I have uh, glorified you, you know, and now glorify me, you know, bring me back into my glory. But the, the way that Jesus glorified God, the way that Jesus glorified him was by dying. You know, it was through suffering. How do you suppose we're going to glorify God? Right. It's going to be through our sufferings. We glorify him. It's to his glory. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages. And so this is the thing in which the church is called to and uh, we're trying to avoid it with everything that we have in us. But if you look at that verse 13 again, go back to verse 13. He says, wherefore, I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. You see, Paul's sitting there saying, my tribulations, the sufferings that I go through is to your glory. That's your glory. That's to our glory. If, if I suffer for you, that's your glory. If you suffer for me, that's my glory. If we suffer for Christ, that's his glory. Amen? That's his glory. And listen, you have to be strengthened in the inner man. We're not there. We're, we're falling short in this area. We're not there. We're going to, have to be strengthened in the inner man because everything I just said to you, your outer man wants to reject. But you've just heard truth there. This is revelation that you have received that's come from heaven to you, you see. Now get out there and live it, pass it on. Bless others with it. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what we've heard here today. I don't even know if we can comprehend everything that we've heard. But God, you've given us a good example in the Apostle Paul. And uh, he's expressing his uh, his uh, his part in this uh, this this continuing of the gospel, this advancement of the gospel, this this uh, advancement in, of the church and everything. And God, we're thankful for the work that the Apostle Paul did and how we're, we are even the beneficiaries of that even today. And now what has come to us, God, let it come to us and through us and to others. Bring it through us and bless others. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs>